say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The following is a presentation of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. It's time to go on the Met. The Cedar Valley's longest running radio show devoted entirely to wrestling. Brought to you by Rolling Ford and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum on 1650 The Fan. Welcome to On the Mat. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Joined by someone who is going to save Grundy Center Wrestling, Doug Van Gelder. You want it back, big boy, and you're going to get it. We want it back, but I'm certainly not the key plug here. That's going to Scotty Muller. He's trying to get it done for his son for all the right reasons. He wants to wrestle as a Spartan. Here, here. <laughs> and so are they still the Spartans? That's what you were when you went yeah. to Grundy. Yep. Okay. You, you feeling good about the prospects? Well, where are we? I'm always hopeful. You know how I am. Okay, because th- this all comes with a scare that Columbus might have dropped wrestling. I don't know if you heard about this, but they voted that uh, there might be a chance that Columbus loses wrestling, and that scares me because every program in Waterloo and Cedar Falls should have the sport of wrestling, and that's what always troubled me when NU was around is they that didn't they didn't have, have wrestling. Yeah. You have a, a college that's so entrenched and associated with the sport to not have a teacher school that doesn't have wrestling. So I want all programs. I think every program in Iowa should have wrestling. Every athletic program should well, have wrestling. Well, you know, you, you look into the reasons they should have it, and it's just there's, there's so many of them out there. It, it's just uh, it's not the particular school or anything else. It's just opportunities that are going to be presented to the students. And that's that's the way the education should look at it. it. It's it's not in conflict with their educational ideas. In fact, run properly, it should support the scholastic end of the sport or the of school, I should say. So that's what we've got to start selling more of. Not that it's a great sport and everything else, but we can get in tune with the scholastic end of it, get it done, make them better students and better citizens. Doug, do you like uh, the connections that we have in the sport? I think it's one of your favorite things when you can make connections. I think you just saw someone from, uh, or my dad sent you a text about uh, somebody <laughs> saw at Grundy Center. I, I love connections in our sport and how we work together. Just a couple things. You probably forgot about this already, but you came to the Dan Gable autograph signing last Wednesday, so a week ago. And we were in the lobby talking, and Stephen Neal is our headline celebrity for the Dan Gable Celebrity Golf Tournament. We've had him on the show. For those who don't know who he is, two-time NCAA champion, beat Brock Lesnar in the finals of the NCAA Tournament in 99, won the World Championships later that year, didn't play a down of college football, and then went on to a 10-year career as a pro, as an offensive lineman with the New England Patriots, won three Super Bowl rings, blocked for Tom Brady, He's our headline celebrity for the Dane Gable Celebrity Golf Tournament on Friday, June 23rd. You asked me, as we were sitting there, has Stephen Neal ever been to the museum? And within one second, I got a text from Stephen Neal, unsolicited. It was I had asked him about when he was coming in. Can I'm I get never going to forget <laughs> that because that freaked me out that, too, Kyle. It was scary. How you could say, has Stephen Neal ever been here? And then a text from Stephen Neal shows up. Is Oh, you, you should have seen the look on your face. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was beyond anything I've experienced. It so, was a blast. Yeah, it that was, was like 
Wow. Yeah, okay. It was, it was that scary. was meant to happen. It was. And another connection. I love this. I, I don't. You need to go down to Single Speed Brewery in Waterloo. Unbelievable facility there. Unbelievable facility. And guess what? It's owned and operated by a wrestler named Dave Morgan. And he was a state wrestling champion at New Hampton. And he is a guy that's hard to get on the show because we're during his peak hours. Sure. But I want him on the show. I, you remember when David Letterman kept wanting Oprah on so your show? Stay after. Yeah, this is D- Dave Morgan is now my Oprah. I want him on the show. And whatever it takes to get Dave Morgan from single speed, whether it's people go down there and pepper him and saying, you got to be on the show, visit him. It's, it's a block away from the Gable Museum. It's in the old Wonder Bread sure. factory. Sure. They renovated it. It looks fantastic. I don't know if you can get a better restaurant than Single Speed downtown. Have you been and seen inside? No, I haven't. Oh, massive facility. They're making a, it's called a Munich Helles Lager. It's a Dan Gable beer. They're naming in honor of Gable. I did have a couple of their beers. I forget where it was. Well, they have one in Cedar Falls. Huh? They have a Single Speed in Cedar Falls downtown. Well, this was at a different, different venue. Okay. Can't remember what the name of the place was, but... They had some of their beer, and I'll tell you, it's got a nice kick. <laughs> does it? Yes, it does. It a good taste. So yeah, well, great. But uh, visit it. We want to support restaurant. I didn't. I guess I didn't realize it. Is it a restaurant or cafe? It's a, or? It's a restaurant, full, full restaurant. And then they have a bar area, but uh, and the, they got a the brewing facility, area. It's and it's connected to uh, a coffee shop uh, right there. Uh, sidecar Coffee. Sounds like he's got it all going. It's fantastic. You got to go down there and visit it. Okay. It's, it's well worth it. But we got to get him uh, on the put show. Put on my uh, Ruth's uh, list, and I'll go down and bug him. Okay. But we want Dave Morgan on. I love Dave Morgan. He's awesome. I love his philosophy and what he's doing. He gives, I think, incentives to bike to work, and just a lot of things that that he's doing that's really progressive. So I'm a huge fan of Dave Morgan, and him being a state wrestling champion from New Hampton only makes it better for us because what a, a great partnership that you have a state champion wrestler owning a business a, a block away from the Gable Museum. That's the way it should be in Waterloo, Iowa. So congrats to Dave Morgan on a, a great restaurant, and uh, we'll continue to support it. I don't know if you uh, followed the, the big news for Iowa. New Hawkeye Wrestling Club head coach Mark Perry. And, again, we're going to fill people in on, on how this plays out, what the story is. John Smith, who's the head wrestling coach at Oklahoma State, one of the most famous families in our sport. John Smith was a six-time world and Olympic champion. Oklahoma State and Iowa are rivals. You know that. To the max. (laughs) To the max. They have uh, the most NCAA championships combined. Oklahoma State has 34. Iowa has 23. Penn State's pushing toward that. They're not quite there yet, but they're on their own streak right now. But historically, these are the two teams. John Smith has a nephew named Mark Perry. Wrestle for Iowa. Wrestle for Iowa. It's John Smith's nephew, and so he was at the University of Iowa. So you have a, a lot of history there. Mark Perry goes out to Cal Poly. He was an associate head wrestling coach at Illinois. Now he's back at Iowa taking over as the head wrestling coach of the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. Bold move, first reported by Andy Hamilton of trackwrestling.com. And I think this is going to be good for the Hawkeyes for a variety of reasons. Number one, I think it gives them – some variety, even though it's not a direct link to the Iowa Hawkeye wrestling program, I think it gives them some color that they need. And and I thought think that's what Mark Perry brought to the program when he was a wrestler, is that he wasn't the traditional Iowa wrestler. And I think he's going to do a lot to elevate the program as a whole. I think it's a fantastic move for the Hawkeyes. I think this really takes them up a notch or two as far as a, a program. Well, that was run by it. Terry Brands. Yeah, he was the head wrestling coach of that, and I I think he's still going to be involved. I'm only speaking on on what I would assume. I I don't think Tom and Terry are going to be out of the program as far as the Hawkeye Wrestling Club. I just think it's going to be overseen by Mark Perry Jr. His dad was Mark Perry Sr., who also wrestled at Oklahoma State. I think it's just a great move for them because they need this kind of person in the program. He's He's a thinker. He's someone that sees the big picture of the sport, knows how to raise money. He's fun to be around. He's engaging. It's the right move. He's had a lifetime in the sport. Yeah, it's wasn't born into it. He was, yeah, it was an innate thing. So, yeah. And, and he said that he's had the conversations with Gable and John Smith and his dad, and now 
uh, Illinois. He just he He's knows all the players. Sides. Yeah, he has it all. And so why wouldn't you want that knowledge in your program? Yeah. And I think that is a fantastic move for the Iowa wrestling program, even though he's not an official staff member. I think that's the right move for them to, to move forward with the program because hey, the, the expectation is to win, and I think this gets them another step toward that and, and uh, contending with Penn State, which no team is there right now. Uh, I mean, the five national champions, and they're all back. Doug and they lost their number two seed, and he's back, Nick Suriano. So they're they're loaded for the next four to five years right now, absolutely loaded. And these teams need to get creative on how they're going to compete with Penn State and I, Iowa State. I think. What, what do you th- think about where they're going to be in the next few years? Do you think it takes five years for them to get good? Three years, and what what does get good mean? Top ten team. Uh, I, I, it, That's a fair a measurement for now. Top ten. Top ten. Do, do they get? You know, top we're 10 we're still looking three? for that from Schwab up at you and I. Yep. We want them to get there, so you know that would be the ultimate. Would be to have three top ten schools at the NCAA tournament from Iowa. That would be great. You know, it'd be it'd be a wrestling Iowa wrestling fan dream. Yeah. You know much about our guest today, Doug? Trent. Trent Paulson, 2007 NCAA champion. Going into the Glen nice. Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa. You know about him. The second one I don't know if you know does about. He, does he wrestle for Mercury Titan, too? He oh, has some re- connection, doesn't he? Well, he's, re- he's retired. Well, what does, does he coach with them then or something? I, we're going to find out. Okay. He, he was at Iowa State, and so sure. I, I'm curious on what uh, what his next role Yeah, he has strength and conditioning, right? I think he was an assistant, or okay. he might have been the club. I, I can't remember how that worked out. Travis was... The I think the associate head wrestling coach, and then he took over when Kevin Jackson left. So he was the, the interim head coach there for a while. And I think Trent was on staff with likely the, uh, the Cyclone Wrestling Club. But I don't know what he's doing now, so this is going to be fun to, uh, to hear what he's doing. Travis is now assistant coach at Virginia, and now uh, we get to find out what Trent's doing. So this will be an exploratory interview with, uh, with Trent Paulson, who's going into the Glenn Brand Hall of Fame. I, think, I would think at one point in the near future, at least one of those guys should get a head coaching job somewhere. Could happen. Yeah. I, I don't know where it's going to be. They're hard to come by. Penn has a new opening right now. So Pennsylvania is the only Division One program that's open to my knowledge. Boise State, unfortunately, is getting dropped as of right now. Hopefully there's still efforts to keep that program going. Yeah. But yeah. the second guest, I hope you know who that is, John Krebs. Do you remember him? Oh, sure I do. Okay. I, I don't know what you do and don't remember. And I think you and I fans are going to want to stick around for that interview. He's our final guest. He was a two-time All-American at heavyweight for Northern Iowa. Now he's an associate athletic director at Fresno State. So he'll have some insight on the Boise State situation because they just brought Fresno State wrestling on back. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's going to be fun to, to pick his brain about where we are with We things. need to start getting that out. We need a few more people that are getting into the administrative end of it at we, colleges. We definitely need that. So... One of our best advocates is a Northern Iowa graduate, went to Dubuque Waller, and now at Fresno State. He was with Southwest Missouri State as the head wrestling coach there for a while. So he has a very colorful past as far as where he's been in the he sport He was fun to watch wrestle, I know that. Well, hey, that was in the super heavyweight era too. Yeah. Had, uh, had some good things going there. But we get a chance to talk with John Kreeb, so stick around with that. I, know you, I hope you saw this story about Kyvin Gadsden. And we're both fans of Kyvin from uh, from Iowa State about him surprising a uh, young student at Norwalk and challenging him to read. Did you see that story? And challenging him to read? Yeah, there was a, a kid that uh, didn't want to read, and then he got in an email exchange with Kyvin Gadsden, and the teacher said every time he would email Kyvin, he made sure his, all his grammar was proper and did things right. And so Kyvin surprised him at the school, and they uh, they filmed it and did a nice article. About I did it. not see that. I'm Man, sorry, I missed. I it. know. I, I'll have to make sure you uh, you read up on that because that's uh, that's something special. I know it, it touches a nerve with you because that's everything that you want is the the academic side and the uh, and the wrestling yep, side. So yep. to, to see both KWWL ran a feature, and then the Des Moines Register also had a feature on that. So. Uh, he was out there and he served ice cream to all the kids. <laughs> so, uh, how awesome is that? <laughs> that's that's going to stay with him forever, too, is the ice cream it story, is. man. It is. And we also had a uh, uh, a guest at the museum today. We had uh, someone that 
is writing a book on Gerald Lehman, who was an NCAA champion for Northern Iowa in 1946, silver medalist at the 48 Olympics. He's writing his, uh, his biography. He came into the museum. I just asked him a question. His name's James. I asked him a question. Who's the best wrestler you've ever seen wrestle? His answer, he said, and it's not because I'm biased, not because I'm from Osage. He said Mark Schwab. And it got me thinking about who's the best wrestler I've ever seen. I'd like to know from your vantage point, actual person on the mat that you've seen where you say that guy is the best wrestler I've ever seen compete, who would you say it, it is? That you've seen live. It can't be tape or yeah, can't be. You know, for me, I'm a little off the wall anyway, but Ray Bringer. Ray Brins is the best you've I, seen. I just love the way he executed stuff and could then discuss what he did. And if mistakes, he always was his own best critic. He knew what he had to improve on every time he got beat. It was cool. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. For, for those who don't know, again, we have to educate. He was a wrestler at the University of Iowa, placed third twice at the NCAA tournament, 93 and then 95. And I, I think he actually held up – someone was holding up a sign that said, Ray Brinzer, number one. And he said, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's when third. we were down yeah, in yeah. Ames. You saw it. I wasn't there for that. But that, that's the kind of person he is. We had him on the show once. Oh, yeah. Several yeah. years ago. And he, he was a hoot. He was an absolute hoot to have on the show. And uh, we should get him back on because he does have something to say. And he, <laughs> he says it in such a unique and, and interesting way. So uh, Ray Brinzer. I, for me – it's hard to, to argue against when you're just saying live, Kale Sanderson. What he did and the domination and just seeing him. He just made it look so darn easy. He though. did. And Jordan Burroughs is in that class. I never saw John Smith live, so I've just seen him on video. But he would be number one for me just watching. But well, Kale see, Sanderson was off the I, charts. I probably saw John Smith wrestle, but I don't recall it mm-hmm. You know, at the collegiate level. But Ray Bringer, I can just about tell you exactly what he did here and what yeah. he did there. You know, that's that's the way it stuck with me. He came, you know, he came preloaded basically to the University of Iowa. He was, uh, you know, everybody was talking about Ray Bringer back in those years. And, and you can't overemphasize what he did because it's never happened before. He he has a unique niche. He would he would actually have an autograph line during the consolation round. He would sit there and sign autographs, and then he would wrestle his next match and have a full autograph line and have to leave kids. The, the line would be huge that last year at 95 when he would sit there and, and have autographs. Never, ever, ever seen anything like that. He laid like the that. groundwork for Ben Askren. He might have. I think but, he did. Well, but, but those guys didn't make themselves. Ben Askren was probably there getting his autograph. I, I don't know. It's hard to say. It just that, that can't happen today with security the way it is. <laughs> it's and a shame, access. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He just sat there in Carver Hawkeye Arena where you had access, and he sat there, just got done with his match, and then he'd sign autographs until his very next match in the consolation round. That's unheard of to do something like that. It's just, I, I don't know who could do it, and no one would allow it because it would be. They have so much fun doing it. I know. <laughs> it would be deemed as a, a threat, a security threat. So yeah. you, you just wouldn't have that, uh, that chance to do it. Robbie Smith is a, a guy like Ray Brinzer, too. He's back. Yeah. He's a he's a guy like him. What's happening with the, uh, the Greco-Roman trials are now set or they're done? Yep, they're done. Yeah, they don't have the the, the trials that the freestyle does, right? W- women's and, and, and Greco, Greco are done, and we still have our freestyle world team trials coming up June tenth. Coming to France, and, and yeah, why don't you go over to that? Why? I don't know. It'd just be fun yeah, for I you. was there in France once, and the French are rude. I didn't care for them. Well, hey, you have to you have to forgive, just like you did Bob Siddons for I giving did. you a bad call. They're what you thought was, was a bad call. It was good seeing Bob last week. Yeah, he was he was at the Gable Museum for the book signing, so a lot of fun. Hey, we've got to take our first break. Him and Daniel. We get a, uh, a Hall of Famer on the program. It will be fun to talk to Trent Paulson, 2007 NCAA champion. And he's going into the Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa. He's next on the mat. When all you want is sports, all you need is 1650 The Fan. We are back on the mat, 1650 The Fan. I am Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Along with Doug Van Gelder, our first guest is someone that both Doug and I like to watch a lot. We had his brother on last week. This week, we get another Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Famer. Trent Paulson was an NCAA champion, 
in 2007, two-time Big 12 champion, three-time All-American, made a world team at 145 and a half pounds in 2009, 192 and two career high school record, 115 falls. We have him on the line with us. How are you, Trent? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Hey, we're doing great, and uh, congratulations on going into the Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa. Your thoughts on going in the Hall of Fame? It's exciting. I mean, anytime you get to join the greats and that honorary thing of being in the Hall of Fame, it just can be overwhelming. And when you were reading my credentials, I wanted to mention that at 145, there should be a hyphen there that I about died making that weight. That was gonna. We'll, we'll get right into that because I, I definitely was going to ask you about that because you you wrestled in college. You started out as a, a freshman at 149, and then when you and uh, Travis were at the the same weight class, you decided to go down a weight to 145 and a half. That had to have been just excruciatingly painful. Take us through that. Yeah. It was funny because I was cutting really hard my senior year of high school to make 145. And after uh, that last weigh-ins at state, I said, I'm never making that freaking weight class again. And then seven years later, I find myself doing it. Why did you do it other than you wanted to just avoid wrestling your brother? Is that really the reason? Yeah, that was the entire reason. We were both like 63 pounders. Just to make your mother happy, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah. That's what Travis uh, told us. Yeah. Yeah, I just wish they had the 10 weight classes because 152 would have been perfect for me, but 145 was a stretch, and I pretty much did it so we could both make the team together. But what, when I you, did it for as long as I could, and then it was Travis's turn in the next cycle. When, when you made that weight, how hard was it to function the next day at the uh, the World Championships? Um, If I could get past the first match, I was usually good. But that first match, no matter how much... Workouts did it after making weight, or how uh, perfectly I did my weight cut. It was just I, shrinking my body. I was pretty lean at 165, so everything else was water weight after that. Wow. Did, did you look at your body and just say, this is 145 and a half pounds? How is this possible? <laughs> yeah, Travis still has blackmail pictures of me <laughs> from when I was making the weight. But he, I think he still has probably in a picture frame in his room. Well, when Travis was on the show last week, he said uh, he's a better recruiter than you. He said he's a better brother than you. Pretty much everything he said he was better than you. Is that fair to say? Are you okay with that? It, it, well, it, it doesn't surprise me, but okay. it is a constant battle for us to who's doing better at what. But we're constantly harassing each other, and it's, it's a pretty fun game we like to play. <laughs> so how are you going to do that? Uh, fill us in. We're, we're interested in what uh, the next move for you is after Iowa State, the uh, new coach with Kevin Dresser. What's your next move? What are you up to? Um, I've been entertaining a couple pretty interesting offers. I'm actually right now leaning towards joining Travis of Virginia. I'm kind of waiting on uh, Steve and I to come to an agreement and get to uh, get everything on board with the, the university but once that goes through i'll be looking to head out east with travis okay and so just be a as an assistant coach is that pretty much the role yeah assistant coach and head rtc coach okay i mean is that exciting for you is that uh where you would want to be first and foremost yeah i I mean i i think travis mentioned it on his interview that we we went to that fda breakfast the ncaa's and we're really impressed with steve's story and thought that he'd be a great guy to work for. At the time, there's no op- there's no openings, and through what I think is God orchestrated events, there's now two openings. Well, Travis took one of them, so now there's one opening. We thought after 33 years we were going to have to break up, but looks like we might get to stay together after all. So when uh, Iowa State got uh, a new head wrestling coach in Kevin Dresser, you've been with that program a long time since you were in college up until now. Do you feel still feel like you're part of Cyclone Nation? I mean, once a cyclone, always a cyclone. Okay. You'll, you'll, the Iowa State will always have a special place in my heart. But um, with Dresser cleaning house and bringing his own staff, i got to look for my next adventure as well. Okay. Do, do you feel like uh, you'll stay connected with the program with uh, Kevin Dresser being head coach? Yeah. I mean, I'll always follow it and, and hope they're doing well. And you always want what's best for Iowa State in your home and matter. But, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely still follow the program. We are on the mat with Trent Paulson, 2007 NCAA wrestling champion. We'll mention again that he made a world team at 145 and a half pounds, which almost killed him. But he is going into the Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa on Saturday, June 24th. Talking about your career, it was fun to talk about Travis and the decision to go to Iowa State. 
What went into it for you? Why did you feel like Iowa State was the right fit? The eight-year plan. Um, that, that was one of Bobby Douglas' first things he said to us here. We won't just make you the best wrestler in the nation. We'll, we'll try to make you the best wrestler in the world, and you won't have to go anywhere to do it. We've got the Cyclone Wrestling Club in place, and we've got funding. And After you graduate from college and you have a great education, we'll fund you at a level where you won't have to get a job and you can just train with a full focus on bringing medals back to Ames, Iowa. And from that moment, I was sold. How important is that to be able to just focus full-time on training? It's huge, especially when you got guys in other countries that have solely been focusing that on freestyle or Greco since they started. Us trying to jump into it in the summers of high school and then after college, you got to have a full-time focus if you want to compete with those guys. When you were coming up, Council Bluffs was in its heyday. This was the, a time that it was a, a great program. You guys were set, winning state wrestling championships, setting records. How did all of that develop? How did you guys get to be the power of the state and Council Bluffs? Keith Massey. And what did he do specifically? How did he get that developed? Keith Massey, um, he just knew how to get the most out of his athletes. He um, he knew what, what made him tick, and he would pull those triggers if he felt like he needed to be more motivated or if he needed to be talked down out of something or you needed to emphasize something more in your training. He just he was a stellar coach, especially at the high school level. Level. I mean, I've been coached by great coaches throughout my career, and he's up there amongst the best coaching-wise. Did, did you grow up with Brandon Mason then and, and wrestle him? Was it something where you had all these good guys going through the kids' program together? Brandon Mason actually um, grew up in Shenandoah, so we didn't see him a ton okay. until he actually came to high school. But it was more, I grew up battling with Gabe Rosterman and Blake Anderson and Nick Hayes and obviously Travis, um, Joe, Joe and John Clanton, Richard Mayer. I mean, some of those guys didn't go on to win titles, but we were battling with them throughout. The Panther Wrestling Club was kind of the feeder program that we won all the city and border championships, and that was kind of the feeder program to Little Central at the time. Of course, your best training partner was your brother Travis, and he filled us in on what it was like to have an identical twin who's also competing in the sport of wrestling. You tell us what it was like to have an identical twin and be competitive with him. I mean, it's awesome. It's like an unfair advantage. The first thing that comes to mind with that, I remember it was the week of the Iowa Duel after our redshirt year, so our redshirt freshman year. It was like on a Wednesday, and Travis and I were drilling, and I felt like he was fighting too hard during the technique. I can't even remember what happened, but he had something went down, and then all of a sudden we're throwing punches, and Bobby Douglas screamed from the across the room, gosh, damn it, Paulson, save it for Iowa. <laughs> and that's, that's a perfect Bobby Douglas impersonation because that's usually how we talk. <laughs> That's great. We are on the mat with Trent Paulson. He's going into the Glen Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa on Saturday, June 24th, 2007, NCAA Wrestling Champion. And I want to go way back because this is one of those matches that is absolutely ingrained in my head. When you won the NCAA Championship in 2007, you had an unbelievable match with Ryan Lusak from Drexel, 13-7. You were up. He goes for a big move. You block it. Take us through what that was like when uh, when you're on the cusp of a guy that really wants it and trying to get to the finals himself. You're able to overcome that and win that match. Yeah, it was crazy because I had never heard of the guy, and someone mentioned that he was strong, but I didn't really take much too concern about it. And then in the middle of the match, we had thrown each other a couple times, and I just remember opening announcer saying, it's set, the number one guy in the country is tied 7-7 in the third period. And... Kevin Hartung was in my corner, and he was he kept yelling, "Don't go up her body! Don't go up her body!" And that was kind of my bread and butter. Singles, uh, seatbelt, or bear hugs, or that position, and that's kind of the scramble we got. And I shot a single to a bear hug, and then he tried to measure me, and we got in a crazy scramble, and I ended up on top. But it was probably a little bit of a pride thing. I thought I was better in the position, but ended up working out in the end. It was crazy exciting and you won the NCAA championship in your senior year is there pressure that uh, you, you need to go out on top like that did you feel like the the season was different than the previous three not necessarily every season the the goal is to be a national champion I just felt like I was on course every year that was the year I was able to do it 
And uh, when you think back to that, uh, a big reason that you're going into the Hall of Fame is being an NCAA champion, making a world team. Those are things that uh, stand out with the, the selection committee. Being an NCAA champion now, when you have a chance to look back at it 10 years later, what, what does it continue to mean to you to be uh, part of that uh, great class of people? Uh, it's definitely an honor. I remember Coach Kevin Jackson, when he would address the team, he'd say, I'm a two-time uh, world champion and Olympic champion, but I was never an NCAA champion. And he would kind of praise Angel and I and having our feet and to listen to when we were showing folks style techniques. But, yeah, it's definitely cool to be a part of that club. Coaching philosophy, you talked about Bobby Douglas's, and so did uh, Travis when he was on the show. What, what's your coaching philosophy? What do you want to get across when you're coaching an athlete? I think it's it's a lot from what Bobby showed us. It doesn't know how much you doesn't matter how much you know until you show the athletes how much you care. But Bobby would call us bi-weekly and just check up on life and how everything was going, and we just knew he he was almost like a second father to figure to us. And when you have that type of respect for a coach or an individual you just want to win for them and I try to develop relationships like that with my athletes and then it's just a win-win when you're pretty knowledgeable on technique Was he around the program a lot? Was he hands-on with the uh, the operations of the day-to-day and coaching or did, did he uh, delegate some of that to the assistant coaches? Um, his assistant coaches were more workout partners Okay. the Chris Bonos and the Zach Thompsons at the time but um, Bobby pretty much ran every workout and had baseline drills that we would do to start every practice and then move on to whatever specific techniques or slide wrestling we were that doing that day. For, for whatever reason, I always connect both you and Travis with Chris Bono as a guy that really helped develop you. Uh, how much was he an influence in how you got good? He was he was a big part of recruiting us. We knew he'd be around our weight, and he was already a world team member and an NCAA champ, so we knew he was going to be a great training partner. And, uh, yeah, he, he kind of took us under his wing and, we trained with him a lot, so, yeah, we definitely owe stuff to Chris Bruno. So do you still stay in touch now that he's a head wrestling coach somewhere else, or is it uh, competitive and you, you stay away? Um, It's a little bit of both. Okay. We don't stay in touch like we used to, but if I see him at a tournament, we'll definitely talk to each other and catch up. We are on the mat with Trent Paulson, 2007 NCAA wrestling champion for Iowa State, going into the Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa. We talked to, to your brother about this, too, and I, I like this. Is You guys wrestled at the World Team Trials, faced off against each other. Travis gave us his take on what it's like wrestling you. What was it like wrestling your brother in that moment? The first word that comes to my mind is awkward because you're in your hometown and there's a pretty good crowd there, and while you're wrestling you could hear a pin drop. It was completely silent in the entire auditorium. But other than that, I mean, we scrapped every single day in the room, so... It was like a pretty, pretty normal scrap. It's uh, it's a little bit. I think Travis mentioned it's like a chess match, but you have to plan three, four moves in advance because you already know the situations you're going to get by creating that position. So it was a pretty strategic match, but it was uh, it was interesting. What, what was the interactions after the match? Did you guys talk right away afterward and break it down, or did you guys give each other your space? What would happen? Uh. I think from the point after that match, I wasn't really upset. I was more, you, the first thing I said to him is, you better make the freaking team. Yeah. <laughs> so I wrestled Howard in a simulation match like two weeks before that at the OTC and rolled him up pretty good. And I said, I just looked and so if you beat me, you better make this team. Yeah. Now, as far as the, the international style of wrestling, I, I think it's a, it's a fun style to be a part of, and it seemed like the style that you really gravitated toward and liked a lot. What's the difference in how you approach collegiate wrestling versus how you would approach freestyle? I'd, I'd honestly approach in the same way wrestling is wrestling. It's, it's more just when you get on a shot, think about finishing clean and don't expose yourself as opposed to in folks' style. Sometimes you have to worry a little bit more about scrambles and you can roll across your back to finish a shot. So just understanding positions and how you score points. But other than that, the training and the philosophy is the same. Do you like where the international rules are right now and how it's being scored with two points and then four points for the throw? It can get over very quick. Do you like where things are with the international style? I like that aspect, but I do not like the correct throw. It blows my mind that you can be winning a match and do everything perfectly defensively, and the guy losing tries a throw unsuccessfully and can win the match. It's just 
that doesn't make any sense. Too much referee involvement. What, what, what would and be the solution? Just get rid of that, or I get rid of collect throws and freestyle. Okay. And, and also, I don't, I don't like the caution and twos for finger finding or finger interlocking. I saw that a lot at the open. It's just two points is a lot for a ref thinking that you're putting your finger somewhere wrong or doing maybe a caution one or maybe a couple more warrants for playing the hold, but caution two, that should not equal a takedown. You like the shot clock? Yeah, I, I, I don't mind the shot clock. It's just I mind it when it's been a pretty even match and the ref goes to get on a shot clock with 30 seconds left to decide it. What, uh, as far as just keeping on this uh, trend of uh, – the freestyle product, you like the tech fall being 10 points, or does that need to be a little bit higher? I don't mind it being 10 points. Actually, I'm kind of in favor of it compared to the previous three period. Yeah. Because you could score 10 points and then lose two flinches, win 10 to 2, but actually lose the match. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> international wrestling has gotten better, but a few things to clean up. We've, uh, we've been talking with Trent Paulson. He's going into the Glenn Brand Wrestling Hall of Fame of Iowa class of 2017 that is taking place on saturday january excuse me june 24 wow i'm way ahead uh i'm assuming you're still going to be a celebrity in the golf tournament if you can make it back we're uh, we're hoping you can be there for that yeah that's the plan um i may be a celebrity in the wrestling sense but in the golfing sense you'll probably see me cutting a lot of grass and having some dust following my trail. <laughs> that's the goal. The golf tournament, you probably don't want me on your team. Hey, that, that, but that's half the fun is to have uh, someone hacking away and, uh, and the, having a lot of fun out there. But The greenskeepers love you guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, hey, we've had a lot of fun having you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, it's been a blast having Travis this week, and now you uh, ho- hope it goes well. Hope the Virginia job materializes, and uh, we'll see you in here in uh, uh, about a month. All right, sounds good. Thanks. That was Trent Paulson. Glenn Brand Hall of Famer. Up next, we have John Krebs. He was a two-time All-American for Northern Iowa, and he's now an Associate Athletic Director at Fresno State. He's next. Log on and listen online at 1650thefan.com, the online home of 1650 The Fan. We are back on the mat, 1650 The Fan. I'm Kyle Klingman of the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum. Along with Doug Van Gelder, we have a homecoming of sorts. He hasn't been here probably for a while. We'll find out. But John Krebs was a two-time All-American at heavyweight for the University of Northern Iowa. He coached at Southwest Missouri State. Now he's an associate athletic director at Fresno State where they brought wrestling back, and he is part of the reason why. John Krebs, welcome home. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, Kyle, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. This is a lot of fun. You were at uh, Dubuque Wallert, and you came to Northern Iowa. You were here with a lot of names that uh, we talk about and have talked to, Jim Miller, Don Briggs, and uh, your roommate, Jay Llewellyn. What do you remember about Jay? Uh, made me laugh all the time. If there's, uh, there's, there's, I don't know why he tickled my funny bone all the time. But <laughs> he hasn't lost that ability. Yeah, he and the thing about Jay is that he would always he always push the edge. If he was an assistant coach at uh, Cedar Falls, he wanted to get down to the meet the fastest. He would speed. I know he didn't probably want to hear those things, but what the heck? I mean, the guy is awesome. Yeah, he sure helped me, and I'll tell you what, he sure helped me go through school because I ended up becoming his roommate, and uh, he just wouldn't skip class no matter how much I tried to entice him. He just wouldn't do it. And, uh, He'd make me go to class all the time, so I really appreciate Jay. All right. Now, you've you got to settle something for us here. I, I've wondered this. I've asked coaches about it. No one could give me the answer. At the 83 NCAA Wrestling Tournament, disqualification against Wayne Cole of Iowa State, what happened there? Boy. Interesting. You remember? I, I, well, now I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think I had better. I think there was a head buddy. Okay. And, uh, I think that's what happened. Disqualification there. Okay. You, you, tough era there. You had Wayne Cole. You had Lou Bannock in the weight classes. This was the super heavyweight era. You actually beat Tab Thacker, who weighed over 440 pounds. What was it like to be in that era of super heavyweights where you had to wrestle these guys that didn't have to make weight? Yeah, I know. You know what? That is something. But it was interesting. My, uh, I think it was my junior year. I had Mitch Shelton, who was 424 or something like that, and then Tab was 424. And the reason why I remember is because I was – ill before and I, I remember them being like 180 pounds more than me both of them but uh you know i really felt for them when they i understand the reason why they took the weights and uh brought them down i mean i guess it made sense but 
you know, I always felt like if uh, you were playing basketball, would you, you know, stop letting seven footers play or something like that? Cause yeah. Wrestling's always been unique from at my time, the weight class was 118 on up. And I know they have adjusted them, but uh, I kind of miss it uh, having the big guys. And uh, I do get a chance to get back to nationals and notice that we'll have some big guys every once in a while, but they're not, they're not near the 350 that we all remember back in the eighties. Are you glad you went to UNI? Oh yeah. I mean, if it wasn't for Don Briggs and Chuck Patton, I don't know if I would have got through school. I was 17 years old when I went and immature as hell. And in fact, uh, Don Briggs is the one that made sure that I roomed my second year with Jay Llewellyn because he knew he was a uh, taskmaster and, and going to class all the time. But no, yeah, without, without that kind of guidance and it really instills on you the impact people make in your lives. I mean, it really does. And coaching is such a avenue for that. And wrestling, you know, taken care of, like I said, you know, from 120-some pounds all the way up to 275. It's, it's, it's just a, such a unique and incredible sport. What do you remember about when they had the switch, when you and I bumped a whole bunch of guys up, beat Iowa State at the Uni Dome? I think it was like 1984. It was Jim Miller's idea. You were the heavyweight. You capped it off and beat Iowa State in the Dome. Take us through what you remember on that. Well, it was it was definitely uh, Millboy's idea, and he sold it to Briggs, and he jumped on it, and and uh, he just quietly went about you know coaching everybody up, and myself included. I remember I got sick that day, that night. I I lived uh, with a couple guys that kept me up late that night before, and and had a fever the next day, and I wasn't feeling well. In fact, when we left to go over to the dome, I wasn't planning on wrestling. In fact, I had my street clothes. Uh, underneath my warm-up, and I remember Miller and Briggs talking. They came to me and said, you know, you're not going to probably wrestle, but just in case, put your singlet on. And I felt like I was going to throw up. And then we got over there, and it was incredible what uh, Bobby Holm and Dion Cobb, and, and uh, you know, it, it just really came together with, with uh, Millboy and Briggs put together for a plan. Uh, no, it was, it was amazing. It was one of those moments that, yeah, I'll always remember. We are on the mat with John Krebs. He was a two-time All-American wrestler for the University of Northern Iowa at Super Heavyweight. They didn't have a weight limit at the time. Now he's an associate athletic director at Fresno State. But before that, you were a head wrestling coach at Southwest Missouri State. They dropped the program that has to be sad to see, but are you glad you got into the, the head coaching game and had that stint down in Missouri? Uh, it, was, it was an incredible gift. Uh, it really wasn't an opportunity. Bill Rowe, Bill O'Neill who are still good friends. Bill Rose, still good friends. Bill O'Neill's passed away. But, yeah, you know, take a chance on me to come down there. They had some issues before. Um, you know, not very disappointed in the way it happened and, and the lack of communication. But it never it never goes good, you know, when they're dropping a sport. Understood. That was the deal. I understood the reason for the decision. Didn't like it. Wasn't happy. And then when they offered me a job to stay as an assistant AD, I did, did, took it up on it because I believed that was going to be my next step. I had a couple of offers of coaching, and it, it just, uh, I tell you, it just killed me to the core that I, I just never stepped on the mat ever again after that. It just Because I had such a commitment to the program, and it was eating all my time up. That's all I did was live it. And then uh, when that dropped, it was, uh, it was incredible. And I don't think a lot of administrators understand the impact. When it happened here, I was on staff, and they ended up, making the decision with, uh, without my knowledge, and then they brought it to me, uh, the AD brought it to me at the last minute, and I'm talking 12 years ago, 14 years ago, and I just asked him, I said, have you ever dropped a sport before? And he said no, and I said, well, hang on. And uh, it's, it's been incredible because of Dennis Delito, who's been out here forever, and uh, he would not let it go. And three years after we dropped the program, we're playing, I'm over the football program, and we're up at uh, San Jose playing, and he paid for an airplane to fly over, bring back wrestling, Fresno State. So it's been such a passion and such a effort from him and so many people in the community to bring this back. They would not let it go away. You know, it was talked about every year. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know if that answers your question, but uh, it, it, it's been truly remarkable from uh, Missouri State and uh, Northern, starting at Northern Iowa as an assistant and being able to be part of Joel Greenlee's life. Uh, which incredible family. I mean, what a solid family. Yeah. And then to go down to Missouri State and on my own and have the Hickey brothers and, and, and a bunch of great experiences down there, it's, it's really been tremendous. Why did Boise State drop its wrestling program? Well, from the administrative point of view and what I heard through the back doors and all this kind of stuff, this was going on for a couple of years with a minor league team coming in, and the team wanted to come in and share a stadium. And that was one of the things that the – 
president out there, I believe, who wanted to make baseball happen in a co-venture with the stadium. And um, it's it's just uh, sad because some of these decisions are made um, sometimes with common sense and other times not with a lot of common sense. And I, I just thought that, like, like I do most of the programs that are being dropped, it's, it just was a bad move, mistake. Now, it's an interesting connection because you – were at Northern Iowa, and then you had uh, one of your associate ADs is now at Northern Iowa. Christina Roybal is here. What was the relationship like with her trying to get wrestling back at Fresno State, and now she's here, but I'm assuming you guys still have a relationship. How much did you guys work together to uh, to get the program back? Well, first of all, she's a class act, and I'll tell you what, uh, that's our loss, your guys' game, without a doubt. Um, I was uh, so sad to see her go, but so happy to see her go at Northern Iowa because she's so valuable. She really is. Her knowledge of how to make things happen, uh, it's incredible. And she doesn't look at it black and white. She tries to find a way, you know, to make everybody happy. And what is our goal and what are we trying to achieve? She was a big part of it here, working the numbers. She had to put the things together in place to make it possible for the president to take this on. We were fortunate to hire Dr. Castro, who came in, and one of the first things he said when he was being uh, not interviewed, when he was, you know, with the media, was he says, we're going to bring back wrestling. And you could hear a gasp in the room because it, Dennis Delito kept that going for years, that talk about trying to bring it back. And right away, she jumped on it right away, trying to figure out the numbers on how we're going to make this work because you have to certain prongs, and I don't want to get into how that works and all that, but she was right on it trying to make it happen, and uh, she did. She's a big part of how this thing happened. And I think you have another Northern Iowa connection. Blaze Cabell is out there now. I don't know if you've had a chance to talk with him, but excited to have a Northern Northern Iowa connection there. Uh, have you oh, had, yeah. a, had, had a chance to talk to him a little bit? Another heavyweight. Yeah, no. He and he and I, we I think like we have a secret handshake from uh, you know from Northern Iowa just <laughs> right. to get uh, yeah. just to get Troy a little bit because I hated those Hawkeyes when I wrestled. <laughs> Obviously, everybody hated the Hawkeyes. You had to hate them. Yeah. But uh, no, what a good guy, and, and uh, he's got his head, you know, squared on. And and I was amazed. I told Troy the other day. I said, "Happy birthday!" And it's been a year, and I can't believe he's been out this long. He's been out here now a year and about five or six days. So Man. the time has been flying. But uh, no, I I love having another heavyweight out here, and he's a good guy. Well, Troy Steiner, talk about the the choice to have him as the head wrestling coach leading the program after the the hiatus from uh, from being dropped. What has he done so far to make make you feel good about that program being on the right uh, right train? Uh, he's 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 lit the, he's lit the fuse, and he really has. And and this is really a community that's similar to the Midwest and Iowa, especially with the farming. It's uh, it really is from Sacramento to Bakersfield. These are down to earth, hardworking people. The diversity is incredible here. I mean, it really is. It's it's something I don't take for granted, and I embrace it to be honest with you, especially raising a couple kids. But Troy. You know, when we went through this process and they handed it over to me because I had the wrestling experience, he was he was short on the list for sure. And everybody I talked to, you know, Troy was right there at the top of their list uh, as, as a candidate. And Troy has lit the fuse. I mean, he's got people talking. Um, he's pushing things. He put a great staff together. He's already got a great recruiting, you know, class coming in. Um, he's regenerated the excitement. He told me, you know, he'll pull up at a gas station or somebody and say, hey, you're the wrestling coach, you know, so they already recognize him and all huh. that. And he hasn't even, you know, he hasn't even put a team on the mat yet or anything. So there's a lot of fire, and he's trying to cash in with that. He's got some ideas for season tickets. We're trying to push that. And not just in, you know, Fresno. We're trying to push season tickets all over the country because if you buy in to support wrestling, you know, John Creeps is sitting in Illinois. What's it going to kill me to spend 50 bucks, 100 bucks a year to buy season tickets at you know, Fresno State. I help sell it. Of course, I'm not going to go. They can take the tickets and give it, and I can use it as a tax write-off. But he's trying to get these things going on to make sure that when we're picking this up, that we do it right, because our hope is that we're going to have other schools calling me and say, how'd you guys do it? How'd you, how'd you get this thing going? And that, that's, that's, the, that's the dream, is to hopefully this turns into some other schools picking it up. We are on the mat with John Krebs. He is an associate athletic director at Fresno State, two-time wrestling All-American at Super Heavyweight for Northern Iowa. You mentioned your kids. You have a daughter, Jordan, and a son, Jack. Do they know about your wrestling career and know your passion for the sport? Yeah, they do. They don't think it's any big deal, which I find uh, interesting. My son wrestled for a while, and I thought he did pretty good. He came to me and said, you know, do you care if I just do football? And I said, I just want your grades. I mean, that's a dad talking, but... uh, the wrestling coach here at uh, Clovis North, where he goes to school, keeps coming up to me. He goes, I keep trying to talk him into it, but 
you know, he loves it. My daughter did soccer, and she really enjoyed that. And I just want them to be happy. I'm, I can't push them. I just can't. It's something in me I've watched. As a coach, parents push, and, uh, you know, I, I just want them to be happy and do whatever they want to do. But, no, they don't think uh, – they're not that impressed. Okay. Well, we're impressed, and I'd just like to know, with your experience at Northern Iowa, what do you, what do you remember about the Northern Iowa wrestling program? You had mentioned the coaches, but what do you take away, not only from uh, from your time here, but just what you were able to accomplish and use that in your life right now? Family. I, I feel such a connection back to that place and to Chuck Patton and, and uh, Don Briggs for taking a chance on me, and I could, you know, go into stories and stories. But I was, like I said, I was 17 when I got there, way too young to be going to school, that's for sure. And I remember I was late for a practice on a Sunday. I, I was a mama's boy. I went home to Dubuque almost every weekend until they told me I couldn't. And uh, I had my mother call me on the phone one time, and she said, "You need to apologize to Mr. Briggs and Mr. Patton and turn your scholarship in." I said, "Well, what happened? What's going on?" She goes, "You're late for practice." And I said, "Well, yeah." And she goes, "Never again." You know, you don't see that today in parents, you know. And, and Briggs and Patton embraced me because they knew, they knew I needed, you know, attention. And they, and they gave it to everybody. And that's what I remember about Northern Iowa from Bowlesby being the AD and Lynn King being the assistant AD. And all the sports were involved in everybody else's business and everybody, in a good way. You know, Lynn King knew how I was doing and, and, and all the team, you know. And we knew how track was doing. It was really an atmosphere of a uh, you know bigger size school that really treated you like you were you know like a smaller school. Everybody mattered. I really felt that way, and I and I can't thank them enough. And I've taken that on. I hear Briggs and Patton all the time when I'm you know talking to my son or talking to athletes or anything like that. I hear them in my uh, hear them coming out of my mouth all the time. It's a great and interview. That's the compliment you can pay anybody. I think we appreciate this time. Uh, we could have gone on a lot longer, but uh, our 15 minutes are up. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I hope you can make it out to Cedar Falls sometime. Really enjoyed this interview and catching up. Kyle, I really appreciate and appreciate what you do, and also Scott. Appreciate what your producer does. All right, appreciate that a lot. That was John Krebs, class act. Glad we'd had him on the program. We've had two class acts. And if you include Scott and Doug, we go up to four. But we've had Trent Paulson and John Creeves on the show. You've been listening to On the Mat on 1650 The Fan. You've been listening to On the Mat, the Cedar Valley's longest-running radio show devoted entirely to wrestling. Brought to you by Roland Ford and the National Wrestling Hall of Fame Dan Gable Museum on 1650 The Fan. is part of the Matt Talk Podcast Network. For more wrestling podcasts, head over to matttalkonline.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.